Good morning. It is Wednesday, January 18th. It is seven minutes after nine and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We were going to start off the show talking about Red Lobster, but Tony Katz has used all of the allotted Red Lobster time. So we'll have to pass and begin talking about, (laughs) instead, Ron DeSantis. (laughs) What in the world was that today? He went to Red Lobster for the first time, apparently, and had a lot to say about it. (laughs) We'll get get to that later in the show, because that was some of the most unbelievable, in-depth commentary I've ever heard on anything. Somebody had to do it, and thank goodness we have Tony Katz for that. I heard... (laughs) Cheddar Bay Biscuits! the, The amount of time he allocated to Red Lobster was equivalent to, like... If the Israelis and Palestinians struck lasting peace in the Middle East. <laughs> let's uh, let's begin with Ron DeSantis instead. He would defeat Joe Biden if the presidential election was held today. That's according to a new poll. So the Florida governor has yet to declare his candidacy for the 24 election. But after the midterms, he's widely believed to be preparing for a White House campaign. And uh, this, mu- this poll shows that DeSantis, this is a Suffolk University poll, and it gave him a 56% lead. And uh, that's versus Trump, who only had 33%. Yeah, so DeSantis clearly ahead. And here's my thing for today, Casey. I'm going to try a kinder, gentler approach to the radio today. We'll see how it works. I have declared this because I stumbled upon a Jackson Brown documentary on Peacock last night. Mm -hmm. And I was really feeling a kinder, gentler portion of my soul Mm -hmm. over the past 12 hours. So I'm going to try a kinder, gentler approach. So I'm not going to say anything like these polls are blatantly obvious that the American people loathe and have moved on from Donald Trump. I'm not going to say anything like these repetitive polls show that basically any Republican other than Donald Trump could probably have a very good chance of beating Joe Biden. I'm not going to say things like Donald Trump has repeatedly been his own worst enemy and shot himself in the foot and America has totally moved past him. I'm not going to say anything like that on the show today. Okay. What I am going to say, though, is that it is clear in the DeSantis-Biden matchup Mm -hmm. compared to the Trump-Biden matchup in which DeSantis leads 45 to 42% over Biden, Trump trails... 41 to 49 percent against Biden, Mm -hmm. that the American people are clamoring for something new, something fresh, Mm -hmm. something different. They are clamoring for a person with chief, with successful chief executive experience who knows how to lead. And if that is what you are desiring for, then Ron DeSantis is a guy you'd certainly want to consider putting front and center. Yeah, well, you know, he's got his youth. He's being uh, considered a fresh face. He's new on the national scene. People are getting to know who Ron DeSantis is. He embodies all of the right-wing policies that made Trump so popular, but without all of that Trump-esque baggage and erratic behavior. And both Biden and Trump are now being investigated by special counsels, so people are done done with this and the florida governor one of the country's most prominent crusaders against wokeness and if you're desantis and you're seeing these numbers what is a reason that would keep you from running 
Yeah, there. I mean, l- let's face it. People like Ron DeSantis are now. I like Ron DeSantis's policies, obviously. But if you look at the life track of Ron DeSantis, he is clearly a guy who is one of those people who has wanted to be in politics since he was old enough to tie his shoes. Right? There are some people, especially in the line of work that involves politics, who go begrudgingly. Like, take Mitch Daniels for example. And I don't want to spend a bunch of time harping on Mitch Daniels and uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, fan club president Jim Banks. We talked about that a lot yesterday, and there'll be plenty of time for that. But a guy like Mitch, like Mitch Daniels, whether you agree with his policies or not, you don't get the impression that his whole life centered around, oh, my gosh, I want to be a governor. Or, oh, my gosh, if he does ultimately run for Senate, I want to be a senator. Mitch Daniels strikes you as a person who had a lot of success in business and then said, okay, I can be of a help here. I will do this. And then clearly, based on the fact that people wanted to run for president, he didn't. People have wanted him to run for other offices he hasn't. He went, while a public institution, not in the political realm and was successful there. Ron DeSantis is the sort of person who has dreamed of this moment his entire Mm -hmm. life. There ain't nothing no family issue or, you know, I should do something else or I want to go back to business. None of that is going to stand in the way of his life ambition. And this is the path. When him and his wife were at the gala when he was sworn in for his second term, they went from table to table greeting and thanking attendees. And early on, people said, yeah, Ron DeSantis is smart. He's shrewd but he lacks charm and he's either unwilling or unable to be charming. Well, apparently he learned from that critique and went table to table, shaking hands, thanking people. So unlike Trump, Ron DeSantis can learn from his mistakes and grow into the position. We've got some audio here of DeSantis, but before we do, it reminds me of there's a famous episode of The Office. Are you an Office fan? Mm -hmm. Kevin, are you a fan of The Office? Uh, I used to be. There is a famous episode where Dwight Mm -hmm. has to learn how to sell to women, (laughs) and they're teaching him, the women in the office are teaching him how to sell to women because he is just horrific. He is this incredible salesman when it comes to men, but he cannot deal with women, and they're trying to teach him how to, within 30 minutes, sell Mm -hmm. to women. That is how I picture the whole Ron DeSantis conversa- conversation with Ron DeSantis about the need to be more charming and nicer mm-hmm. to people and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and we'll get into this later in the show, that the Biden administration is suing to try to once again force you to wear a mask or be able to force you to wear a mask on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And so DeSantis, who was the leader, mm-hmm. compared to states like Indiana, where our governor tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, uh, was a leader on anti-mask mandates. And Just listen to them. I mean, this is a guy who would be so easy right now to be like triangulating, maybe a perception is I need to move to the center. No, he's staying true to what he believes in. And listen to him talking about mask mandates. We also believe that being able to live your life, being able to breathe uh, the fresh air uh, is something that should basically be a civil right. Uh, You should not have to have any of these mask requirements imposed on you. Yes, Florida will not do it, of course, from the state. And we never did a mask mandate from the state. Some of the local governments did it. We came in and kneecapped them. But you still have... But you still have... You still have some private 
Some, I mean, like some of these hospitals, it's like, you know, a patient, like in California, you know, the women are giving birth, they make them wear a cloth mask during child. It's ridiculous. And so we are going to have in this uh, package of protections, uh, an ability to live your life without wearing a mask, regardless of where you go. And I think that that's something that's very, very important. So he was asking for Florida to make the prohibitions on mass mandates permanent. He said being the free state of Florida did not happen by accident. Yeah. All right. When we come back, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, mm-hmm. you know her. She's the, uh, in addition to being one of the dumbest people in America, she's also the press secretary for the White House. Mm-hmm. And she had a little press conference yesterday and she got all sorts of questions about those uh, classified documents. All right. We'll get into it next from 93 WIBC. Good morning. These days I see. Doesn't your life just feel better right at this moment? I forgot to do. But you just feel more of a sense of calm. I can't wait to hear about the Jackson Brown documentary that you watched. And your life will be filled with love and happiness. <laughs> and whatever you've desired will come your way. It's Jackson Brown Day on the show. Is it officially declared? I declared it, yes. Is today his birthday? No, no, no. I just I stumbled on that documentary last mm-hmm. night, and there are not many. By, it's, by the way, it's Kendall and Casey show. Mm-hmm. I was going to get to that. Yeah, and I just I, she's Casey. I'm Rob. <laughs> I, Kevin's I, the producer. Yeah. I was just wa- rolling through the Peacock Network last night, and mm-hmm. randomly, yeah, you know how it's weird that these AIs or whatever these things are will know what to tell you what to watch. Yeah. And in your recommended show, your suggested feed, there was this documentary on Jackson Brown. I thought, well, there's nothing I would learn about him that I haven't seen before, but it, it was great. It was this, it was like from 1994, it's various live performances, and then all these old photos imposed over his live performances, mm-hmm. and then interviews with him, and then interviews with various people that were a big part of his career. The Eagles were in it, Don Henley was in it. It was great. My evening was so Peaceful, And you've declared today is Jackson Brown Day. Yes, because the world must know. Kevin's on board with that. Yeah, we did something similar before. We had a Hermit's, uh, Herman's Hermit's Day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we really stuck to the theme. So I thought, you know, why not? And it's part of today, as I said, I'm going to take a kinder, gentler approach Mm -hmm. To radio. Okay, today. I like how you guys didn't give me a say on saying Wait, you this, were, by the way. you were in the text group. Yeah, you, you didn't just, object. You, you totally chose. were informed. Yeah, you chose not to respond. And who wouldn't right. want... I blew you guys off. Who wouldn't want their day to be filled with that beautiful voice and the incredibly sentimental and heartfelt and moving lyrics of Jackson Brown? And do you know the name of the documentary you watched? No, I'll look it up. You know I am with the documentaries, Casey. Fantastic. I'm good at watching the documentaries. In case somebody else wanted to watch this documentary that gave you this easy, peaceful feeling all day long. It is 922. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And while Rob is Googling the Jackson Brown documentary. Oh, I got it. What? Jackson Brown going home. You there find we it go. on the Peacock Network. Okay, fantastic. Let's talk about Karine Jean-Pierre's presser. Okay, so the White House revealed that no visitor logs exist for President Biden's Wilmington residents. However, several people have been identified as guests at the house just a couple of them chuck schumer joe manchin hunter biden of course the former u.s ambassador to new zealand 
let's see. We have a press aide. Oh, Ron Klain was there. The White House communications director was there. Some campaign managers, the current deputy chief. Uh, Biden has spent a lot of time in Delaware since taking over as president. He's been there nearly 200 days. I have a very weird question, or maybe it's a great question. You can tell me. I'm torn on this. Do, do they secure the president's residence 24-7? Like when he is in the White House, mm-hmm. is there like some special forces team at his house or is it? It just sits empty? Just sits empty. Well, apparently not. There's a lot of people coming. Well, going. I know when he's there, but I'm saying like, you know, obviously he's spending, you know, a week or two weeks or whatever time at the White House. Mm-hmm. What happens to his house when, when he's, he's not, not there. there? Yes. Uh, Hunter Biden oh, is taking care of Pays things. him 50, allegedly. Well, that's 50 what the $50,000 pays for. That's security money. So a whole bevy of people were in and out of that Wilmington House and Karine Jean Pierre was asked about it. Yeah, and and I thought well, here. Okay, so this is the interesting question: Why, if this issue deals with the Obama White House, which mm-hmm. it does, and mm-hmm. I thought this is a great question, and you know, I'm very disappointed in myself that I didn't think of this. I brought this up last week, and you completely dismissed. Oh, I wasn't it. paying attention. I know. I said this all <laughs> happened during the Obama administration. Really? So perhaps Barack Obama has something to say about this. Uh, you, I'm going to find the tape from last week. Casey, you know I am only interested when my mouth is moving. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I guess Casey asked this I question. I brought this up a week ago. Uh, yeah, so very interesting. Why is Biden's current... Thank you, Casey, for bringing this up a week ago. Thank you, Rob, for blowing me off. I'm terribly Just sorry. Just like I did with your text last night about Jackson Brown. <laughs> I'm very sorry, but this is a great point. Why is it the current lawyers working on this rather than the Obama people? Take a listen. Perfect. Let me let me widen now. Why is it the matter of this White House counsel deal with documents from two administrations ago? These are we're not talking about presidential records from this White House. Why is this White House counsel involved in this matter at all? Again, this is something for the White House counsel uh, to address. I am not going to address that from here. I will refer you to them, and I will refer you to the special counsel and anything that's spe- that is specific to this particular issue. Okay. <laughs> She's not giving any information when she's asked, just repeating the talking points. It's she's reading the script that they're giving her. So is this putting the White House attorneys in positions, conflict of interest? Well, that that's interesting. And here is what also is fascinating that they have not provided a clear answer for yet, and after you'll hear this, you'll realize they still haven't provided a clear answer for Remember last week when Corinne Jean-Pierre, late last week, came out and said, hey, this is it, this is the end of the road, right. this is all the documents. And, and then, then over, they found more. Yeah, yeah, she got asked about that. Mm-hmm. On Friday, you stood here, though, and were asked about the documents issued by our account some 18 times. At that point, the president's lawyers had found these five additional pages of classified documents. So did you not know on Friday that those documents had been found when you were at the podium, or are you being directed by someone to not be forthcoming on this issue? I'm, I have been forthcoming from this podium. What I uh, said yes to was what the statement at the time that we all had, right? You all had the statement, uh, and I was repeating what the what the uh, counsel
council was sharing at that time. Right. And had, so we had that statement, so we knew what was in it. But you also exactly knew. Did you not know that? The I'm telling you, I just answered the question. I just said that I was repeating what the information that we had at that time, right? That you all had. I was confirming from what the special counsel had provided to all of you, and that we knew as well from here. So just to be very, very clear, uh, and look. I've also been very clear about being prudent from here. I was also being very clear about being consistent from here uh, and not going uh, beyond uh, what is currently happening, right? Okay, Casey, real quick. I know we got to get to the news real quick. Mm -hmm. She said, there's a difference between information I had at the time and making a definitive statement. So let's role play this out, okay? Mm -hmm. Here's the difference between information you have at the time that maybe something else could happen and things that won't happen. Okay, uh, ask me the following questions. Rob, Mm -hmm. will you have lunch at St. Elmo's today? (laughs) Rob, will you have lunch at St. Elmo's today? Absolutely not. We are, there's zero chance I have lunch at St. Elmo's. Now ask me, Rob, will you have lunch at the Brownsburg Dairy Queen today? (laughs) Rob, will you have lunch at the Brownsburg Dairy Queen today? I am still considering it at this time. Mm -hmm. I am leaning towards Mm -hmm. no, but it is still a possibility. You see that? You don't get to say, well, it's the information I had at the time. You made a definitive statement that that was it. She should have said there might might be more coming, but it's hard to manage a situation when you don't have the facts. It is 928. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I'm going to rid myself. You are in a select group of people. Wait. Sorry, let me say that calmer. Please wait. Oh. There's the nicer, kinder, gentler version of Rob Kendall. Thank you for saying please. I know you're into Jackson Brown right now. It's Jackson Brown Day for some reason on the Kendall and Casey show. It's a kinder, nicer (laughs) show today, I told you. And I need this music at the start of every segment to remind me. Oh, to be kinder and gentler? About the peace and tranquility and kindness. (laughs) Is that what it takes? You need a little musical therapy before we begin? You know, Kevin and I were talking about this before the show. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about the magic that is the Jackson Brown music and lyrics. Mm -hmm. And finally, you you know this case. You've worked with me long enough. I will talk myself into such circles that eventually the obvious dawns on me. And Kevin and I were talking about this. (laughs) And it finally dawned on me. It is really easy to be peaceful Mm -hmm. and tranquil and love everyone and everything when you look like a million damn dollars and you have... The voice of an angel. <laughs> Is that your synopsis of Jackson Brown? I just dawned on me that maybe it's not so much, it's just he won life's lottery. <laughs> I can confirm that that is 100% accurate. <laughs> it is Kennelly Casey on 93 WIBC. It's 936. And you are in a select group of people, almost extraterrestrial for listening. Oh, no, that's what John Kerry said (laughs) to the people at the World Economic Forum. So this was going on in Davos, Switzerland. He called himself and the people that were there a select group of people with an almost extraterrestrial plan (laughs) to save the planet. He was talking about his grandiose plans. And you know what he did? He went on and said that... What he has learned as being in secretary, when he was secretary of state, that was reinforced in spades, what it is going to take to save the planet. Are you ready for this? 
Money, 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 money. <laughs> and I'm sorry to say that. That's a quote. He said seven times it will take money, 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 money. We have talked about this before on this show, and I say this again in a kinder, gentler tone today, that no matter what you do when it comes to liberalism, it will never be enough, right? And we talked about when they passed the Green Dream. Mm-hmm several months ago when Manchin, uh, again, as a kinder, gentler show today, changed his mind <laughs> and <laughs> said, okay, I'm going to vote for this. And what happened as soon as the Green Dream was passed? You heard the the leftists immediately say, okay, now. I mean, the thing hadn't even been signed into law yet, and it was, okay, now. You will never make these people happy. And, and this piece of audio from John Kerry will prove it to you. Because John Kerry in Davos says out loud, that all the stuff we're doing now, all the stuff that's been done to air quotes save the planet, mm-hmm. it's already too late, Casey. It's already too late. But we have to go further. I have said this before, but I say it again. I'm convinced we will get to a low carbon, no carbon economy. We're gonna get there, because we have to. I am not convinced we're gonna get there in time to do what the scientists said, which is avoid the worst consequences of the crisis. Well, you know what it's going to take? Money, 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 money. <laughs> Ever wonder why, if, if, if it's all so bad, why are all of them building these mansions right there by the sea on a cliff? If all of this climate change is going to melt the polar ice caps and make their houses fall into the ocean. That's not very proactive of them. Well, it never happens. Right. I mean, the first Earth Day was about global cooling mm-hmm. and it never happens. I m- remember they had the concert for whatever that Al Gore was in charge of. However many years that's been now, 17 or 18 years where you were led to believe that within five years there'd be polar bears floating down Indiana Avenue here in Indianapolis. It never happens. And yet we keep catering to these people because we have a. A, a largely uninformed populace and a bunch of liberal lunatics. And when you mesh that together, mm-hmm. that's what you get. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So I received a piece of mail oh. in my mailbox that did not belong to me. It was the former owner. Did you open it? Uh, no, I didn't because it was his W-2 form. Oh, yeah. And then that got me thinking, oh, got to make sure I have a forwarding yeah. address from my previous employer so that I get mine because guess what? They're all rolling out. And this leads us into a conversation about the IRS. When you get mail from the former person, I just write not at this address and put it back in the mailbox. Is that proper etiquette. I'm under no obligation. I'm informing the post office, Mm -hmm. hey, this person is not here. Please take this back. That's a good idea. I should do that. What I did do was I reached out to the realtor and said, hey, I got some mail from the previous owner. That's a lot of work. Can you, is there a number or something we can contact them? Because I want them to have their 
paperwork. That's correct. And they said that was very nice of me that I was going above and beyond. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So you, maybe yeah. I just need to put it right back in the mailbox and say it doesn't live here, huh? Yeah, because it's not your problem. Right. You're, okay. doing, you're helping that person by <laughs> saying not here. NMJ, not my job. Okay. Well, let's talk about the IRS, though. A full 56% of voters say they approve of the House vote to cancel funding for the IRS to hire 87,000 additional employees. And this is from a new Rasmussen report. 37% say they disagree with the House vote. However, 64% of Republicans say they do approve of the House vote. And President Biden was slamming the reckless bill from Republicans to reverse that funding. And it was the first vote of legislation that the new Republican-controlled House approved that bill that would rescind nearly $80 billion for the IRS. Yeah, and we'll find out again right now, I guess, really, we'll find out how serious the House Republicans are about all of this. I'll answer it for you. They're not serious about it at all because they hold all the cards right now in terms of the debt ceiling. Here would be the question that I would have to the American populace as a collective. Why would you be in favor of a complicated tax code and a robust IRS. Well, I don't think many people would be. Well, exactly. We want an easy tax code. But, make it easy. Right. And the issue is- You make is, us do it, at least make it easy. There will always be a need, and this is maybe an unpopular opinion with some people, but as long as you have an income tax-based system, that, which I agree we should get off that, but as long as you have it, there will always be a need for the Internal Revenue Service in some capacity. Because even if you have a flat tax or fair tax or whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. there has to be someone enforcing that because there will always be manipulators of the code. But the code is so complex. And I don't know about you, Casey, but every year I am emailing questions ahead of filing the paperwork with my accountant Mm -hmm. about things that I have no idea about that should not be complex questions, but because the code is so complex, I have to ask this question. Yeah. Uh, Mine comes with pretty good instructions. Sign here. (laughs) (laughs) So Well, and and, and I've said this before, you know, for years and years and years made my primary living owning a small business Mm -hmm. and I would never do that again. I would never, this is it. If I get out of here, I'm going to be working at a Wendy's somewhere Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, the pressure and the complexities that go into owning, it's pretty easy for us, right? Like you made X, Mm -hmm. they took Y out. There's a formula. Or you're getting back. For the average person, that's the way it works. But if you are a person who owns a business or is a 1099 employee of some sort, it is, it is uh, nerve-wracking this time of year because you have no idea what that final lucky number is going to be. And if it's bad, it could be very harmful to you. Yeah. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about uh, Trevor Lawrence really quick. So Trevor Lawrence, the football player, he celebrated a big win over the Chargers yes. by going to Waffle House. Oh. Now, I would think that that's where the losers have to go. <laughs> so is there a restaurant... That feels like punishment when you go, like, oh, we're going there. We have to go there. Restaurant, I mean, going out to eat is supposed to be a pleasurable, yeah. nice experience. And you've seen the stories about the chairs being thrown at the Waffle yeah, House. Yeah. And this is a successful NFL football player yeah. who just helped win a big game. Uh-huh. And at the end of the game, he went to Waffle House. So are you saying that the Waffle House for you would be torture? Is that what you're, I, I feel would, like you're, you know, 
you're I'm picking pre- on Waffle House. Well, you're presenting your own feelings here, and you're trying to use the My Trevor opinion? Lawrence yeah. story as some sort of front to give your opinion of the Waffle House. No, I'm just I'm just curious. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, big NFL, you know, right. winner, and he went to Waffle House. Yeah, he I'm, didn't go to St. Elmo's Steakhouse. You know, he went to the. Well, here's the thing: the Waffle House and Kevin. Not that Kevin has <laughs> ever probably had too much to drink and was in desperate need of immediate <laughs> food satisfaction at, mm-hmm. say, 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, and I've actually, I've only ever been to Waffle House once, I think, mm-hmm. and it was when I was younger, so. But you can instantaneously, at any time of day, yeah, within like five minutes, have your hunger taken care of. Maybe he didn't want to wait. You're saying it was a, it was late night, yeah. he just needed some sustenance, yep. and that's why it was open. Now, the only thing that I am subjected to do in my marriage is my wife likes Greek food. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan. However, the fabulous Greek restaurant we go to in central Indiana has chicken fingers and french fries. <laughs> so you're, you're just not a fan of the Mediterranean cuisine. Oh, Kevin, you've always got to make it about geography and everything else. I think that's disturbing. If it comes in a bag, I'm probably okay with it. Now, the guy at the Mediterranean restaurant will always give us kind of a weird look when I order those, but then I respond, (laughs) if I'm not supposed to order it, why (laughs) Why is it it on on the the menu? menu? You order what you want. Well, Madonna made a big announcement yesterday, and we're going to get into that next from 93 WIBC. Jackson Brown Day. Mm-hmm. Don't Run, you feel better? Running on empty. Don't hey, you feel better? This song always reminds me of filling up the car, and I notice that gas prices are ticking up just a little, incrementally, little by little, they're going up. 342 is what I saw. I was told that problem had been solved. Mm-hmm. Now, it is the kinder, gentler show today because of the Jackson Brown music. So, mm-hmm. I might make observations normally that I will not make today. So I will describe mm-hmm. the rising price of gas as using this, I'm going to use this as an opportunity, Casey, to remind our citizens that we here in Indiana have one of the highest gasoline taxes mm-hmm. in the entire country and our Republican supermajorities in the House and Senate and our Republican governor appear to believe that is totally fine. It will be going up again in July. They appear very okay with that. And so when you pay that high price at the pump, mm-hmm. maybe keep that at the front of your thinking. <laughs> How'd I do? That was uh, that was Thank excellent. You. I'm so proud yeah, of you. It you. is 951. <laughs> You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall keeping his blood pressure down today. Well, Madonna has announced the Celebration Tour. It's the Celebration Tour. And this is going to be a musical odyssey, a journey of 40 years of music. So she scrubbed her Instagram account and people thought, okay, something's coming for Madonna. What does that mean? She takes all of her posts down and it's just blank. And of course, right after she did that, she made a big announcement. And she announced it in this video that was shared. She was sitting around a table with a lot of people and this was a very eclectic group of people uh-huh. Jed Apatow was there Jack Black Little Wayne and they were playing truth or dare Amy Schumer was there as well uh-huh. and at one point Amy Schumer dared Madonna to go on tour to sing all of her hits and they started singing La Isla Bonita together and Madonna said well that's a lot of songs 
you'd think people would want to come to that show. Uh-huh. And, of course, they all said yes, and they continued singing on. So now Madonna has announced, announced a 35-city global tour. Uh-huh. Tickets go on sale Friday, and this kicks off July 15th. And the closest to central Indiana, Chicago. So why does Indianapolis keep getting passed over? Like Taylor Swift, not mm-hmm. coming to Indianapolis. Madonna, not coming to Indianapolis. The Viagra Boys, not coming to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Why do all these mega groups mm-hmm. keep uh, skipping over? I thought that was why, again, as a kinder, gentler show today, uh, I, as a middle-class person, had my taxes raised so that Mr. Ursay, who was totally deserving of that team until he didn't get it handed to him by his dad, well, he did, but it's fine, that happens, could have a free stadium. I thought that's why the billionaire got the free stadium mm-hmm. and I had my taxes raised was because, well, all of these things will be attracted to mm-hmm. Lucas Oil Stadium, and yet it seems like the big music acts keep skipping over right? Indianapolis. Yeah. What's going on with that? You want to know why? Why? It's because people here order chicken nuggets at Greek <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> that is exactly why these big name acts aren't yes. coming to Indianapolis. Madonna yes. found out about that and she said, no, we have to skip over Indy. Nobody gets to enjoy her music because of your menu but, ordering. But why is that? Why do all of the, it seems like many, many big artists mm-hmm. just skip over. Like uh, Another great example, the new uh, Springsteen tour. He also skipping mm-hmm. over Indianapolis. What what have we done here? I mean, we clearly have a large football stadium. We have a large populace. Well, they're going to major markets. When you see the list of cities, London, Barcelona, Paris, Stockholm, and Los Angeles, New York, Miami, Chicago, Detroit. Yeah. Comparatively, Indianapolis is a medium-sized market compared to these major markets where they can jack up the ticket price, get the biggest bang for their buck. 35 cities in, out, tour done. So why was I told Mm -hmm. that part of the lure of having my taxes raised would be because we would get the big events, Mm -hmm. and it appears other than sports, we don't really get many of the big events. Well, I think the true question here, Rob, is are you really upset that you ha- would have to drive to Chicago to see Madonna? Well, it is the follow-up question is, mm-hmm. would you pay any amount of money, and I mean one penny even, mm-hmm. to go see Madonna? To see some lip syncing? I've seen Madonna, oh. and yes, I would go. 40 years of her greatest hits? Really? Absolutely. I, do I think she's gone off the deep end recently? Yeah, but uh-huh. she always was off the deep end. That's part of her her, her thing, her identity. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would go enjoy that music. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning.